Welcome back, gang, to another episode of the Grunge Bible Podcast. This is episode number 124, coming to you from all over the world. My name is Chris Salona in Providence, Rhode Island, and I am joined by my fantastic, ever-true co-host, Ethan Shalloway, coming to us from... Vilnius, Lithuania. Holy shit. Capital of Lithuania. And yes, uh... No problems. I'm I'm bringing no technical problems to this podcast. No, there's, just, we're definitely I'm, not this, having any technical difficulties with getting this podcast done. There's no, there's nothing that's going to get in the way from us finishing this exact recording because, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, we've had we've had a little bit difficult. Um, this is, in, um, I guess, I've only been gone for wait. It's been about yeah almost i guess it's almost been 10 days or 11 days but yeah i, th- I think so. i'm heading catch, catching a flight tomorrow um uh, the last little last week last leg in norway uh but we had planned to get this um yeah get this podcast done right now i'm at the airport hotel leave in the morning and, and we've just uh we were just trying to figure out if, if the internet is going to work or not so that's to be determined to be determined but um if you're hearing this that, that means that it worked yeah yeah it's salvageable other than that i'm I'm doing really well i mean i'm I'm ready to you know when you you know when you're in a new place in a different place and you can only be so long if you're especially if you're um you know visiting or you know you're not like working you're just you know exactly. doing some training but like you know you can only t- uh, be a tourist for so long before you need to move at least i i can i need to i need to move around i haven't been doing as much yeah you just kind of want to move around so um, I'm doing really well. I'm sure uh, you're probably the opposite. You haven't you haven't been moving around as much. So how how about you, Chris? How are no, you? No, man. I've just been uh, I've been fucking slammed with work. Um, work has been busy. Uh, you know, just like I, that's the thing. Like it's it's already August. Uh, like I I really August. Have, I haven't like I haven't done as many fun things this summer as as I want to. Um, so I really need to just like wring every ounce of fun out of August that I can. Mm. Um, so hopefully I have a big month. Uh, it's starting off uh, pretty solidly. Uh, the day this episode comes out on the seventh, I'm going to see Queens of the Stone Age with the boys uh, over in Connecticut. So that that that'll be a good start. Um, but yeah, we just gotta gotta get out there a little bit. But I'm been working so much, it's been hard. But that's no excuse. So uh, I'm reprimanding right. myself in front of the people. So accountability, you know. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Queens of the Stone Age. That'll be that'll be really interesting. Yeah, like I, I I wouldn't have I wouldn't ever coordinate like a trip to go see them or like, hey, let's buy tickets to this. But I was asked and I was told <laughs> was like, hey, like we're all going like you want to come. I was like, yeah, like I'll I'll get a ticket, too. So I'm just being a come yeah. with guy, you know, you're a passenger. You're a passenger. Exactly. It's kind of it's fun being that way sometimes. Like, I, I've been the event coordinator many times. So it's nice to nice to kind of sit, sit back and just, you know, You've keep been- my hands inside the vehicle. You've been the PGHD Weston for so far too long. <laughs> I've been Daryl Weston, director of operations. <laughs> Dude, D West. Did you see D-West, Ethan? Did you see uh, Penny Samaya is leaving Pitt? <laughs> I did not, but I, I feel yeah, like I've had this conversation once before with you, so I guess he hasn't left before. No, but uh, so where's he, where he, he going? He just took a job to be the like the vice president of stadium relations for the Buffalo Bills. So that sounds like a pretty big, uh, pretty big job. But we that's we that's love Penny Samaya. High, cool. high five and a smile. Um, yeah, yeah, that sounds really cool. And he's getting out of Pittsburgh. That sounds really cool. Yeah, Buffalo. That, that'd be cool. It'd be cool to mess around in Buffalo, in Buffalo for a little bit. Absolutely. Um, so in Buffalo, you know, 
Buffalo is in New York, and what we're going to talk about today also occurred in New York, um, as you could see by the header of the episode and the title, and why you clicked on this maybe. Um, we are going to talk about Woodstock 94, so the middle child of the big three Woodstock events. Uh, you know, we I think we talked about 69 a little bit. We definitely talked about 99 last year, last August. So each yeah. August, we're good for a Woodstock episode, and today's your lucky day, and we're going to talk about Woodstock 1994. Yes, and this is the 25th anniversary, um, and really, it's, it's I don't know. I found it kind of surprising that you know. I mean, I guess there's a few things in between that kind of the name Woodstock associated with, impromptu. but this is the second. Yeah, more impromptu. This is the first real run at doing another festival, and that kind of surprised me. I thought maybe they'd have a little bit more consistency, but uh, maybe not. Just considering how all of these events went yeah, <laughs> and, and how like, they we'll, transpired. We'll get to it. Like, I think it yeah. should have been a one-off thing in 1969. Like, that's one of my chief criticisms of 94, 99. Yeah, absolutely. We can... I mean, definitely after 94. That. Yeah, we'll, we'll get into it. We'll get yeah. into it a little bit. Yeah. First, um, but we, we, you, have to, we have to start the episode off with a little bit of gratitude, right? We do. Yes, we do. Especially during these times of the summer. Um, you know, we need a little help from our friends, you know, and that's why we have our support system and the, the lovely patreon uh support patrons that we have there's a bunch of different levels you can get in at being the two five and ten dollar levels and um yeah i was just um i was just talking to somebody uh the other day about uh what is it matt and shane you know the podcast matt and shane i believe so yeah I so they have um, I brought him up and he, he was, he asked me if I listened to him, but he says he follows him on Patreon. He actually saw Patreon on my phone and was like, Oh, do you, who do you follow? I was like, yeah, you know, it's kind of weird. We have one. We, you know, we, we have, have one. one. For the <laughs> we have give one us money. <laughs> yeah. But he, um, he, he gives to them and they are the most subscribed Patreon out there. And they have like 65,000 people on their Patreon. Oh my which God. Which is crazy. Dude, the, they tax, make like, the tax man must have a field day with them. Yes. I don't, I don't probably so they make like all their money through patreon which is so i was like they should just get rid of all the other all the other sponsors even though they would never do that because they have multiple right. incomes it's but free free money but that's the idea you want to be completely uh supported by the people um which which is what we are chris we, we are. don't have any business we don't have any businesses <laughs> out there no no our patreon supporters are funding this enterprise and the world is watching Exactly. And there's a lot of people, there's a lot of people that are standing by watching our Patreon supporters fund this enterprise and they're, they're reaping the benefits. So, you know, if you've been mm -hmm. listening to us for a long time, I think now's the time to try to, as we say, get some skin in the game and support us. And uh, Ethan, I'm happy to, to share with you today. And I'm happy to share with everyone today that we can ring the bell. Once again, the streak continues. Um, we have a new participant and a new member of the $2 tier over on Patreon. And I would warmly like to welcome Russell Emery to the, uh, to the fold here. So Russell has become a $2 Patreon supporter uh, between now and the most recent time that we recorded a podcast episode. So thank you, Russell. Uh, we hope you're enjoying the podcast. Podcast, and we are very grateful that you chose to uh, to support us because, as Ethan said, you know we are funded by the people, and and the more people that fund us, the better it'll be. Um, you know, Russell joins a, a large category of individuals. Uh, most uh, pulling most of the weight, obviously, would be the top tier, the ten dollars per month uh, 
members on Patreon, and I would like to thank them at this time. I would like to thank D-Boat, Gochujan, Eric Berry, Sherry Matthews, Epona, Julie Van Siever, Corden Stewart, Keith White, Granny Grunge, Eddie Vetter got me through my second divorce, Brother Nature, Faith Bittner, Captain Hightop, Alex Long, Seattle 4 Fanboy from New Jersey, Fresh Tenonitis, Black Hole Sean, Chris LSMS, Nikki Six, Kara K, Doug Endy, Millie, What the Fuck is Up Denny's, Rachel Corning, Lauren Irene, Jamie Lynn, Fuck Soup, The Blue Owl, Carlene Salona, Alexis Shannon, Marianne, and Jade Mercado. So thank you to all of the individuals uh, that support us, uh, and welcome to the Patreon, Russell Emery. That's amazing. I love love hearing the news of getting new people to step in, whether oh, yeah. it be uh, one of the three tiers, or you know, just seeing, just in general, having more more uh, comments and and dialogue about the Patri- uh, about the. Uh, the podcast has been really cool. I feel like it's kind of been on the move the last month and a half. So yeah, we're, we're going somewhere. That's for sure. That's right. Um, so yes, Woodstock, shall we get into it, Chris? Yeah, I think we should get into like some, some, some Woodstock. So or I have Mudstock. Uh, Mudstock. Mudstock yeah. Woodstock became That's Mudstock why, if, very quickly. If you're watching, if you're watching on YouTube, uh, Chris and I, are, it's, it's the summer heat and it's Mudstock. So we have our shirts off cause we're in concert goer mode. So exactly um, that's festival, why we're doing that and it's festival, the like our woodstock route. yeah you, you got to take the shirt off because the, the rains came and, and the muds came um but woodstock 1994 uh ethan as you mentioned it was to mark the 25th anniversary of the original woodstock uh which occurred in august of 1969 so fast forward all the way to august of 1994 uh, originally slated to be August 13th and 14th, 1994, they went ahead and they added an additional day on Friday the 12th to round things out once they were selling a shit ton of tickets. Um, Woodstock 94 took place in Saugerties, New York, a place just outside of the town. Um, and it was a little ways away from the original uh, festival site. Um, and obviously, I think a lot of us know the lore about the first festival and just kind of, you know, where, how it ended up where it was. So this one, you know, was planned for, you know, upstate New York. I feel like most people who aren't from New York or aren't from the Northeast, like there's Manhattan and then there's just like, oh, he's upstate, like it's up somewhere. So. Yeah. So like, there's no difference. Like, I mean, like I hear people, like I meet people and they say they're from Syracuse. I think they're lying. Uh, like, I don't really think Syracuse is a place. Albany, I'm not sure really exists. Buffalo. I don't know. Like definitely not where Penny's there. going. No, it's, you know, I think yeah, you maybe go, you go, you know, you went to school in Syracuse, but you're not from Syracuse. No, people, people aren't from, people aren't from not, upstate. No one, people are, people aren't born there. Yeah, exactly. exactly. I just don't know what goes on out there except, you know, once every 25 to 30 years, there's a music festival that implodes. Um, yeah. So, and this, this was and one of them, although this implosion was um, not as sinister um, as Woodstock 99s. And uh, it has not been as romanticized as Woodstock 69, the original Woodstock, obviously. But I think anytime you have some of these, uh, these large scale type events uh, and you're trying to regulate things, like it's just impossible. So they sold tickets, uh, they sold 164,000 tickets for this 25th anniversary Woodstock in 1994. Um, by the time it was all said and done, they estimated that somewhere between 350,000 and 370,000 people made their way in and out. Like when you have that many people, like fences, like you can't do the fence thing. You can't charge people. Like you just you just gotta let them in, and that's what happened in in 1969. Like people just showed up, and it was great. Yeah. So like I just don't understand. It's like hard to fathom that something could double in size more than double in size 
And is, I mean, I guess it's just because it was called Woodstock. Like, I'm surprised it doesn't happen on other festivals. Like, that's significant. I mean, that's two times the amount of people yeah. sold tickets for. I don't even know. I, it's, like, really hard to kind of, like, think about how just people, like, overran this one specific you know, concert. I mean, the, yeah. I mean, I guess the artists were good on the list, but I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm still surprised. Like, 350,000 people. <laughs> Yeah, so it's, it's, it's really incredible. And, and, and like from a logistical standpoint, like I, I can't imagine that anybody at any point in time would ever be surprised that like something like that would happen. And like the, 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 the fences would come down <laughs> or people would cut holes in the fences. Like, you know how big of an area that has to be to house 160,000 people, let alone 350,000, like how many, how many security uh, personnel do you have? And like, when push comes to shove, if you're paying them seven fifty an hour, as they undoubtedly were in 1994, like they're not going to be super motivated to, uh, you know, keep that fence up if people are starting to shake it or, or what have you yeah. really diligently search for, um, cannabis and alcohol products that people may be bringing in. Um, yeah. but it's just one of those things. I feel like, you know, that's just kind of, um, that's just the, the price of admission, you know, when you try to put something on like this and at the end of the day, obviously, anytime you have a major ticketed event like this, I mean, it's, it's a cash grab, right? Like that's, yeah. what, that's what we're after. It Speaking of numbers, um, I just remembered something. One time I was watching, just because you said all these people, I was watching a show with Gordon Ramsay, and he was uh, he was talking to um, a, like one of it was like a cultural. I think it was um, uh, it was a chef of uh, Asian culture, and he said that he had one time cooked for fifty thousand people. And I was trying to, it's like Jesus like that, with the loaves and the fishes. <laughs> like, and Gordon was like. Out. <laughs> Gordon was like, oh, wow. And then, like, they went on the next thing. I sat there. And I was like, no fucking way. There's no way. <laughs> like, there's no absolute, no way. Bullshit. Dude, you can't make, uh, there's nothing you can, you give me 24 hours, I can't cook for 50,000 people. It's too much. What, what are you cooking? Like, how do you do that? Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. Like, even if you had, if you, even if you had, like, the whole cafeteria full, oh, my gosh. It's the just, only thing logistically, logistically, not possible. And then you think, like, like you said, this is seven times that. And even if you were staffed, correct. Like it's just, yeah. it seems like an incredible amount of people. There's that, only like said, one way. There's only, <laughs> there's two ways. Well, it depends on what your definition. There's two ways, just massive amounts of soup or stew. That's the only way you could do it. Yeah. But like, okay. But then uh, like, I don't, I wouldn't count that. Like if, if I'm you just had given one line, yeah. If you had right. one line, I mean, how many minutes are there in the day? 60, 60 minutes in an hour. I mean, that's, at one every minute would be, you know, it's 24 hours. Falling way behind the pace. If there's one a minute, it's, it's, it's 1,440 people a day. So <laughs> multiply <laughs> so that by 50, 50 person a minute. In, in 20, <laughs> it's unbelievable. It's 50 people a minute, it? basically. I don't know. <laughs> but it was so funny because Gordon couldn't say anything because it was like, I was like, here's my dad. He, he's where we got all the recipes. And he's like, I, I once cooked for 50,000 people. I know what I'm doing. I'm like, anyway. <laughs> this is, uh, we, I think we need to do an episode on that. That's serving 30, 34 people a minute, Ethan. I'm going to, I'm going to find it. I'm going to yeah. find it. Okay. That's unbelievable. Go so back to Woodstock. What back to, oh, back to Woodstock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're talking like, I mean, it's logistically not possible. I mean, and, if, and especially back in yeah 94, where um, even if you were prepared for that, I don't really know how. Like, you know, I guess nowadays it could be a little bit better, but they still get pretty out, you know, concert or festivals yeah. still get pretty, I mean, pretty the, out and of And hand. there's obviously like, it, it's, it's always, so as long as there, there are live events like that, there's going to be dangers that are the, inherently, you know, 
possible when things like that happen. Obviously, I think a couple of years ago, there was the uh, that incident where people lost their lives at the Travis Scott show. Um, there's Pearl Jam at Ross Gilda. There's, you know, there's been so many instances of just general safety issues. And obviously, as we talked about, you know, in 1999 with Woodstock, all of the horrible criminal things that people were doing to one another, um, you know, there's, anytime you get people like that together, like the mob mentality is always, uh, always needs to be held at bay, which you know, they were able to do in a lot of ways, I think, in 1969 and in 1994. I mean, this one was just muddy and it was it was unregulated in that way. Uh, and I'm sure there were bad things going on, but reputationally and historically, like there's not, you know, readily available, I think, like information on on things like that. But um, as it as it comes yeah. to the music, like anytime you have an opportunity to do this, I think it's really special just because like where else in the world are you going to be able to see this many musicians in a weekend, for example, um, outside of like a Taylor Hawkins tribute show like that's like that's the pinnacle. That's like the most musicians that I'll ever see like in one in one setting in a, in a period of time. Um, so it's it's weird for me to think that like something like this happened and like that many people were there to see it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean. I think that if it was, you know, I, I want to say I would have went, you know what I mean? For sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's funny. It's, I mean, I think we'll, we'll get to it. Henry, Henry Rollins makes a remark about it, which is very <laughs> true. It, it's like, it's like the most true thing uh, I think said about it. Like if he was 18 and had the stamina, like, yeah, you'd go to a mud ridden concert for three days, dehydrated, whatever. But like yeah. in your thirties, no, but maybe when you're younger, like, cause that's the, that's the time when you're young, you know, it makes sense. Well, nothing nothing doesn't make sense you know what i mean like it, it you can do whatever you want you can always you can always rationalize anything yeah yeah, yeah but, so i yeah these things always like i mean obviously i wish it would have been sweet to be at it like i just saw a video of the guy was completely covered in money it's like best time of my life you know and they'll remember that forever but nowadays do you, do you i don't think, think i would it? ever do yeah, absolutely. You think so? Or like, cause like I could see I did, it going yeah. two ways. Like, I, either he like unequivocally meant it or he's like, he's in way too deep and like, he has to say it. <laughs> he's like, he didn't look like he had, he looked, he looked like he meant it. I, I saw the same interview clip. Um, yeah, yeah, it's always interesting. And with this one, like there was like the, there was the advanced knowledge. There was the foresight that I don't think you necessarily had in 1969 with the original Woodstock. It's like, Hey, you know, because Woodstock, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't in the cultural lexicon in 1969. And it's like, Oh shit. Like they're doing a Woodstock 25, uh, in 94. Like, are you going to go? And, and, um, there's a really famous, uh, clip uh, during blind melon set as it relates to the price um so tickets were 135 dollars a piece for the whole weekend and uh shannon hoon he gets on right before they play soup which i i think they opened with um and he's like you know i've been listening to the radio and watching the news and there's a lot of reports that uh you people out there are engaging in a lot of distorted behavior and then he goes on to say well for $135 a ticket, you guys can distort anything that you want to distort. Um, but yeah. I mean, dude, $135 for the lineup that we're about to discuss. Um, I mean, you pay that every time. The only thing, like, I, dude, honestly, like, I, I would. The addition I, of a day, three day concert for $135. Yeah, like you, you get the Friday night in addition to Saturday and Sunday. I mean, and then you just get covered in mud and, and excrement, probably, and just, you know, whatever whatever the case may be. So basically it just rained on Friday and that set up the mud for the rest of the weekend, right? Well, there's no way to get the mud out of there. And it was hot. That's too, what so I mean. You, you, you get the crowd, you know, the cooling the crowd down with hose water, obviously. Mm. Uh, and, you know, that doesn't that doesn't help. Uh, and certainly 
you know, by the time that you get that many people around, I mean, things, things are going to happen, but Ethan, how about let's, let's get into it a little bit. Let's, let's, let's start, uh, mm-hmm. you know, as, as we should with the Friday lineup and, and we'll just talk about maybe some of the acts, um, that, that stick out to us. Um, this was the one, this is the day that was added. It was originally a two day and the added Friday. Mm-hmm. These are, you know, these are the, the additions and there's still some good ones, obviously. Oh, absolutely. And I think like, in its own way, just as much as 1999 was, this is such a great um, case study in popular music of the time. Like they really did a good job with securing different talent, um, and and it's this was it's, super diverse. It's yes, super diverse was, as you get this into was it. Very diverse. Yeah, and it's cool. You know, as you go on, we'll get into some of the later days. Like they had some of the guys and some of the bands who played in 1969 come back for this, and, and it just kind of ties everything together. But Ethan, who who from the Friday slate uh, who stands out to you? Now, I'm looking at the list right now, and I think that obviously Collective Soul. I think Collective Soul would be my. I mean, Cheryl Crow's on there and live. Young Cheryl Crow. This was before um, I think, a lot of her hits. Blues Travelers on there, and then Candlebox and the Violent Thems. I think I don't know. I'm uh, out of those five. I don't know who I'd want to see most. I mean, maybe maybe Blues Traveler, but I feel like Collective Soul. I think um, I think I would want to see them when they were kind of rocking during that time. Yeah, and they also played at Woodstock '99, as did Cheryl Crow. Um, yeah. But Candlebox's set at Woodstock '94 was really good, and also uh, Live did a set that day. Yeah, um, and, yeah, and they were they were pretty incredible. I mean, Ed Kowalsik back in the day, like I mean his his vocal part, and he's he was dressed like we are right now, no shirt, and he just goes out there and as just, always dude. and just belts I everything guess, out, you know. Yeah, I guess knowing knowing I've, I've watched some performances from that um, his set, their set. And uh, yeah, that one's a really good one for that band. So I guess I would like to, that one, I, you know, we know that, that it went really well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you still there? Yeah, I'm still here. This is just, this <laughs> is just what happens when you podcast from the East coast of the United States and Lithuania. So we're going to leave that. Right. And this is just, this is just kind of the way that it happens. Um, but day one was kind of, it seemed like it was kind of, uh, you know, normal like i said that was when the rain and the mud came in it was day one so nothing like you know it got crazy the next two days that's where it really started getting out of hand i think yeah i think things really get moving both in terms of the uh you know what the festival came to be known for but also just in in terms of the notoriety of a lot of the performers obviously on saturday uh yeah. in particular i would say the the main stage has some really incredible you know that north stage has some pretty yes. incredible acts um that span a lot of different qualities Ethan. i mean let's we'll just go we'll just read through them right now so on that north stage on saturday we had joe cocker blind melon cypress hill the rollins band melissa etheridge crosby stills and nash nine inch nails metallica and aerosmith and just what like a what a just a mashed up stew of uh of of musical acts i love the fact that joe cocker was there uh in my opinion i mean he gave one of the greatest performances from woodstock in 1969 uh, Mm um you know up up there uh he was one of the few one of the few repeat offenders i don't think there were very many that were in 69 uh, and 94 yeah, he was back. The band was back uh, in in their their iteration of that time. Country Joe McDonald was back. I think, and I think Santana was back. I mean, you gotta have Country Joe. Uh, the fish weren't there though. It was just Country Joe McDonald. The fish were not there. 
<laughs> and it's crazy. Yeah. So like that's the lineup that we had on the on the north stage. And on the south stage, we had acts like the Cranberries. Uh, the Cranberries were playing that day, uh, and the band obviously, as as I just mentioned, and Bob Weir was joined the band that day, which was pretty great. That's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. I gotta I gotta watch some. I gotta watch some video of that. I love the the uh, the special guests, and that brings us to our next one. So Primus also played, and uh, they had a special guest come on, Chris. Yes, they did. As a matter someone of who who obviously were we we love, but Jerry Cantrell was out there and played along with them on uh, one of their songs. It was uh, um, blanking Harold. No, yeah, blanking. It was Harold of the Rocks. Yeah, Harold of the Rocks. Yes, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, the, the Allison Chains were they were planning on playing, correct? Mm-hmm. I know they were asked, but they they had to pull out because of um, just the health yeah, related so issues with Lane. They had pulled out a good bit before the festival actually, you know, came down to the wire in August. But originally, when the original marketing materials and whatnot went out, and and, and the headliners, you know, were, were announced, Alice in Chains were among that. But obviously, 1994 was not a, a a year that was very kind to Alice in Chains, uh, in particular, not very kind to Lane Staley. So, you know, they did not do much performing at that time. I think they only played a couple of gigs like early in the year, and then we didn't really see them again until uh, until Unplugged. So, uh, and that was in 1996. So it's really cool that Jerry was still there. Um, and just like how cool, like I love all, like how all of the different areas of, of this era kind of all intertwine. And the fact that like Jerry Cantrell did take the stage with Primus uh, is really, really yeah. cool. And and if you follow the Instagram page, you've started to notice on Sundays, I've been in the habit of posting a Primus video. I think we're up to nine or 10 weeks in a row on the Primus on Sundays. So I might have to post uh, this week. I might have to post the uh the Herald of the Rocks, Woodstock 94 with Jerry Cantrell. I mean, Jerry Cantrell, I mean, he's his versatility. I mean, he could do, he could do it all. I mean, he could, he could do it all. He could play with anybody and he can certainly play with Les Claypool. Um, I think the Primus set actually had one of the, uh, one of the moments that I think has lived on uh, in terms of uh, just the way that this, this festival is remembered. Um, so Primus, I mean, they have yeah. the song, they have, they the, have song the song for the song occasion. For, yeah. for the occasion. Yeah. They have my name is mud. And I mean, it's just absolutely perfect. They obviously were going to play that. And that obviously got some people really excited to uh, potentially throw some mud onto the stage. And, and that's, uh, what that's just did. what, and that's what they did. That's kind of where it all started, I think. Yeah. Like, what are you supposed to do when they start playing My Name is Mud? Exactly. I mean, that was that was the call to arms that everybody needed. And, and the fun piece of trivia, I think it's total bullshit, but Les Claypool said that 20 years after <laughs> this too. show, he still had mud stuck inside <laughs> of his, his cabinet for his bass guitars, yeah. which I'm calling bullshit it. on. But like, oh, yeah, it's something that's that like you have to say, 50, like when something like that happens, 50,000 people. <laughs> yeah, that's like the stuff that like your grandfather used to say. It's like, oh, well, like when I used to play, uh, you know, when I used to play baseball or like like pickle with my friends, like I threw a ball so far it went on the top of old man Jackson's roof and it's still up there. Like yeah, and this is this is the original glove that my granddad used it's been in the family for eighty years. Exactly. Haven't re haven't re, re, re tied it once, you know. Yep. Yeah, those Stuff are stories like that. that like I, I, I hope that you when, have to tell your kids. Yeah, I hope that when the situation arises that I'm able to like fabricate a story like that, that I have the wherewithal to do it because like those types of lore events like Ethan, we should really have one as it relates to Grunge Bible, like as, as the way the yeah. page, the page started, like we should have like a total like just batshit, like probably not believable story, but we should stick to well, it. Yeah, it'll it'll be semi true, which is what 
you know right well that's all we need we just need a little bit of truth so we'll workshop it after this gotta sprinkle Um, a little bit into it um ethan as it relates to this saturday set um i've been for as long as I have known Blind Melon, I, I have absolutely loved and adored their set. Uh, and Shannon Hoon, obviously, coming out on the stage, uh, I, most likely under the influence of, of some sort of uh, hallucinogenic properties. Most likely. Most likely. Um, also wearing uh, his girlfriend's white dress, which I think was really, really cool. Uh, Shannon Shannon was a crazy cat, man. But that 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 um that set that they that did big. that day was just rocking. Um, you had Danny Clinch popping in to play some harmonica for change. Yeah. Um, and that was a really cool moment. They played, uh, the ripped away slow version of no rain before they went into no rain. Uh, yeah. they played, they we played posted a lot of that. Yeah. I've posted a lot of that. I mean, some of my favorite moments of Shannon Hoon. Um, and yeah. it's really cool that like, you know, they were for, for a band that, that was so known for just one singular song to be able to take the stage in front of that many people, m- many of whom I'm sure only knew blind melon for maybe one or two songs that they might've heard on the radio. Um, you know, and, and for them to, to be that charismatic and for Shannon to seize that moment in his own way, I think was really, really cool. Absolutely. Like I said, we, we go back to that one a lot. I think that was kind of um, when I first got into Blind Melon, I think that, you know, you look that up and kind of comes up first on the YouTube and mm-hmm. um, yeah, watching the slow, that slow version of um, No Rain or like I said, Change. And um, there's a lot of, there's, it was a really good performance done by them and just fun. You know, because it's different. You know, like, it's very controversial that he's wearing the dress, but I think mm-hmm. that he looked he looks great in the dress. You know what I mean? Exactly. He looked, he looked, he looked he had the long hair. It looked just it looked like Shannon Hume. You know? Yeah, it it was. Shannon but I know Hume. that you know. I'm sure during that time, you know, it was a little bit harder to believe that somebody would do that. Yeah, but whatever. But just, just all, it makes all the, sense. All the more cool that he did it, though. You know, just to throw conventional practices, you know, to the wind right. and, and just be be who you want to be. Um, and and that's I think yeah, something probably, that I hear through Blind Melon's music a lot. Yeah, they're probably one of the. I mean, if we're talking about, we'll be we go back and listen to it, you know, because when we we talked about doing this episode, you know. Oh yeah. Uh, Blind Melon comes to mind. Green Day's performance come to mind, and mm-hmm. like you know, I don't know, Red Hot Chili Peppers or something. But basically, like a few different ones. But that's one always one that sticks out. Yeah. Um, in, in preparation for this episode, I watched uh, the Rollins band set from that day. And Ethan, let me tell you, I was blown away. Um, really? They, they yeah, Henry Rollins, man. Is... Dude, incredible. They they play a song during it uh, during their set called Right Here Too Much, uh, which I think that was the first time that they uh, that they played it live. Um, and it's just mm. it's so fucking cool. Um, and like they're all on the, they're all on the stage with their power stances. I mean, Rollins is a big fit guy and he's on there just like taking it to everybody. And it's just like it's really cool that the same stage saw the likes of the Rollins band and Crosby, Stills and Nash and Joe Cocker, Blind Melon, Melissa Etheridge, you know, one of the preeminent, uh, you know, songstresses of the nineties was also out there too. But yeah, dude, the Rollins band, definitely a highlight of mine. Um, Metallica, Aerosmith, they've never done it for me, um, so I, I've not really spent much time with their sets. But uh, another band that, unfortunately, um, uh, two weeks in a row, I'll, I'll mention them on the podcast. Uh, top top tier Patreon supporter Rachel Corning has uh, has labored meticulously to get me uh, to become a fan of Nine Inch Nails, and I'm I'm closer. I'm, I'm you further, keep trying. I'm further along the path, but <laughs> but I'm not there yet. And um, yeah, and this, let's talk the, about them for a second here. Yeah, yeah we got to talk about some Nine Inch Nails. So she's so she's been pushing that uh, for you, huh? Oh yeah, yeah, big nine inch nails ambassador. 
Has she told you to listen to their 94 set list? Yeah. So if I remember correctly last year, because I, I don't think we ever really posted much nine inch nails on the page. Um, it was her birthday, which Ethan, oddly enough, is August 5th, which is tomorrow. We're recording this on the 4th. Um, and, and her birthday, birthday request perfect. was, yeah, exactly. Happy birthday. Um, and her, her her birthday request was that I post, I forget which song, uh, from their Woodstock 94 set. And that was, honestly, that last year, that was the first time that I had watched their Woodstock 94 set. Um, and like, I, I don't know. I just, I don't know how to, how to describe my feelings about it. Um, and it's just like, like nine inch nails. Oh, the are performance cool, happiness like, and slavery won the Grammy award for best metal performance in 96. So maybe that, wow. maybe that's, the, <laughs> that's the one, but, uh, yeah, I I'm excited for it. I, I think we posted nine inch nails. Have, have you ever, did you say you have posted them on? The so page? I, I, I've I, never posted I did, them. I did for Rachel's birthday last year. And, and, and just oh, recently yeah. when I, I went to a show with her, I, I started two nine inch nails songs that I like, uh, so far last and everything, uh, or two, I'm coming around on them. So maybe, maybe and talking I, about her them on, uh, dude, uh, no, it's as far as I'm concerned, that's a Johnny cash song. Sorry, yeah. Trent. I listen, I listened to them like a very, very small amount when I was yeah. in high school. Like I don't even remember, but I remember like kind of cause I wanted to be edgy and I thought, you know, I heard nine inch nails. You know? Right. Um, but they, um, they, they had the highest, you know, they, they called it the highest density, you know, largest crowd basically, which is yeah. surprising. And, and like you said, it's kind of a good case that they look back and see what, you know, what, how big these bands were. I yeah, had what, somebody what people were into. Well, I mean, the downward spiral had come out earlier that year, so I mean, that was yeah. obviously a really, really big draw there. So, you know, I think that's definitely part of it. But yeah, it's interesting I, always to look back. Have you watched? Um, have you watched The Bear? No. The TV show? No. Oh, no. I mean, we did talk about this. Are you gonna? Are you against it? I don't know anything about it. I don't think. So it's 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 based on um, you know, it's a family. Uh, owning a restaurant in okay. uh, Chicago, okay. but the soundtrack is really great, and they is play a lot the one, of. Ari. This isn't the one that PD was telling us about, right? Did PD bring up so. the bear? No, he brought up a he brought up another one to us that. Yeah, I think I lied no. once again as I do and said that I I'm familiar. Yeah, with no, the bear it, it was a movie. It was he he brought up Dirty Work. I know that. Okay, yeah, or whatever. Yeah. Um, so no, the bear. Um, but they play a lot. Of, it's really it's really good. It's two seasons now, and they just the second season came out and kind of blew everybody away. Really good. They had a like a absolute the cameos in the second season. There were some really good ones, but mm-hmm. um, I heard some people talking about that, and they were like, you know, comeback player of the year, like really really helped REM out because they played a few really good songs and they were perfect for soundtrack. And he's like, yeah. no, so people forget that REM was like one of the biggest bands in the world for a good stretch of Dude, five they were years. Humongous. Like, <laughs> yeah, Michael REM was, was on top of the world. <laughs> uh, REM was huge. Yeah, and like. You know, people forget Nine Inch Nails was was really big. Yeah, and um, I love thinking about that too. Like, because five years is a, is not a long time. Um, it's a long time, but I, I can understand where probably throughout the years it maybe get lost. But like, no, that's a long time. If you're at the top of your game for five years in anything like the music world, I mean, that's really significant. And you know, a lot of these bands, I mean, they had really good runs. And and just because they're maybe not played, they're just like like PD said, there's so much music out there. 
it's unreal. It's yeah. it's so hard to give your time to listen to new artists and new bands. It's like overwhelming. I, it's overwhelming. It's, it's overwhelming yeah. to even go back and listen to the old stuff because there's so much of it. But that's yeah. a really good point, Ethan. I mean, when you're on the top of the mountain, I mean, listen, like there's not a lot of there's not a lot of room to balance on top of that mountain. Um, you know, so for the fact that you can get up there and rule the day for even a couple of years, I mean, is really really impressive. And Nine Inch Nails, they were definitely up there. Um, and and this performance, obviously, I think uh, you know, with a lot of people being there to see it. Um, also, they get major points. Points uh, from me for for wrestling in the mud prior to uh, taking the stage, oh, yeah. uh, despite whatever adverse ruin, effects that it would have yeah. on their performance. But um, you know, that kind of that kind of cancels out any negative feelings that I may have towards their music. So um, maybe uh, maybe on on August fifth, uh, in honor of uh, Rachel's birthday, I'll, I'll watch the set in full take it in and uh, you know and I'll, I'll post some of it. So um, be awesome. yeah, dude, Saturday like for me like that Saturday set, you know that lineup was like the crown jewel of this festival for me. Um, yeah, we, this one is so good. Um, who would you want to see the most then? Ooh, uh, the most from Saturday, uh, dude, honestly, like if I, if I could, if I could be there for like a few hours, I think I would want to be from the beginning. So Cocker, Blind Melon, Cypress Hill and, and end with the Rollins band. Like I'm, I'm dude, I'm, I'm in on the That's Rollins That's a great four. Yeah. That's a great four, four, uh, four yeah. band run right there. I'm not particularly, fired up about uh you know Metallica. You're the band and primus on i the, know on the, but the uh, band South i mean richard, richard manuel has had been dead you know so is it really the band yeah. i mean it would have been levon so uh you know and he's yeah. obviously levon rick danko and, and and company i think you're right those those four right there like they give you a good mix because you got cypress you got the rollins the heavier stuff yeah. and then you got yeah that's really good that would have been really cool. good yeah, i i second that i think you're right even though Metallica would be fun to see at some point, but uh, the days are gone. Not, not there. They're I, gone. Even in '94, you got to think. No, no, '94. They were still there. I mean, Ethan, I don't, like still I don't like Metallica. I don't like Metallica. All right, moving it. on to Sunday. Yeah, let's uh, let's talk Sunday, about some of these bands. So um, this is where I mean, this is the last day of the concert, so it's getting pretty out of hand. I think the the mud's really rolling, and this is where the legendary you know legendary green day just super muddy oh yeah craziness craziness is going on but um looking at the um the north stage so we got horn off of high rose i you know i love that they come up all the time i would love to i would have loved to see perry and them they're Bob playing Dylan. Uh, they're playing in boston later this year um and uh i should just turn this into the rachel corning episode rachel corning's going and she told me to buy a ticket so maybe i'll, I'll have to buy a ticket oh my god <laughs> yeah. when is this uh, I think it's in November or something, but like Porno for Pyro's like, uh, everything's last, in November. They, they last played tour, like they last went, they played shows in like 2009 or something. So like they don't do it that often because normally Perry's no. with Jane's. Um, so <laughs> I, might have to, I might have to go see Porno for Pyro's. My gosh, that's amazing. Yeah, man. That's a standout though, for sure. Yeah. And then you see a Red Hot Chili Peppers who, yeah. um, you know, those guys, I think they, they, I mean, they're just massive at the time. They play in 99, obviously the headline, um, mm -hmm. and they come out in the all light bulb, uh, get up, which is pretty, pretty awesome. I, oh, I yeah. love that. I, I wish, and they did the Jimi Hendrix thing too, right? They all, they all dressed yeah, up, gave yep. 
Yeah, they, so they wore like Jimi Hendrix outfits. Yep, exactly. I really, what Peter, I really, Peter Gabriel. Yeah, I was just going to say, what I really appreciate about Sunday is there's a lot of throwbacks, a lot of old war horses that came out for this one. Uh, we've got Country Joe McDonald, mm-hmm. as I said. Um, Mavis Staples joined Sisters of Glory, and Mavis Staples is obviously one of the matriarchs, I think, of uh, a lot of popular music and, and a lot of a lot of festival music and you know her associations with the band and everything. Um, the Allman Brothers Band played Traffic Play. Played, uh, which I think is really, really awesome as well. Santana mm-hmm. took the stage as well. Um, additionally, we, you know, we had Paul Rogers out there too, and as you said, Peter Gabriel was uh, was in the mix there as well. That's awesome. Yeah. I love Peter Gabriel jumping in there. It's so good. Yeah, I really would have enjoyed seeing Santana in his, in his day because yeah. I remember at one point I was, you know, when I was younger and I was, you know, didn't know anything about who the best guitarists were. I, I was told Santana. Santana I was told Santana was the best guitar player of all time. And I know people do believe that. I mean, there's so many good players, but maybe he is. Yeah. I mean, Carlos Santana, I mean, and there's, there's been a lot of turnover in, you know, in his group Santana, but I mean, Carlos Santana is just incredible. Um, I mean, and let's be honest, what was your first intro to Santana? (laughs) I was going to say he made a Grammy award winning song (laughs) with Rob Thomas called smooth, an absolute smash hit. Oh, doesn't he also have a song with Nickelback? That I think <laughs> oh, are you talking into about the, that? Into the night? That really weird? Oh, was he on that too? Yeah, what was positive? Into the uh, night? Just, yes, yes, it is yeah. featuring Chad Kroger. Holy yes, fuck. Yes, that was, that was like, <laughs> I, I want to say that, Dude, I don't so, know if that was my, so my intro to Santana. Thomas it, and with Chad Kroger. <laughs> and they slapped. That is unbelievable. Dude, I can hear it. I'm going to listen to it after this. I can hear it in my head, and I'm excited to uh, Dude, that go back is, That's a good song. That, are, it, you're, are you also aware, in 2010, <laughs> Ethan, Santana, Santana is, is the man. He's the man. Band, yeah, and he's, he's the man. His band are the men, and he is the man. Um, 2010, Santana put out an, an album, a compilation album called Guitar Heaven, oh, the greatest yes. guitar classics of all time. Yes. And I, can I just read some of these? This is important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I, I've, I've seen it. I've looked at these yeah. before. So we've, yeah. got, we've, we've got a cover of Whole Lot of Love by Zeppelin uh, featuring Chris Cornell with Santana. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got a Stones cover, Can't You Hear Me Knockin', featuring Scott Weiland. Um, Sunshine of Your Love, which I think is Cream, um, Cream with, yep. Ro- with Rob Thomas. Um, Photograph, I think the Def Leppard song, maybe? I don't know. Featuring <laughs> yes, yes. Chris Daughtry. Um, Nas covering Back in Black. Riders on, Riders on the Storm with Chester Bennington. Um Little Wing with Joe Cocker, which is really cool. But the crown jewel is a <laughs> cover of Creedence Clearwater Revival's Fortunate Son with Santana with Scott Stapp on vocals. And all of this is available on Spotify, so go and check it out. Um, but Santana... I mean, that, yeah. that album has to be... I mean, that's the cameo like event of this the year. This is the year. greatest I mean, hidden gem. It, yes, it's, it's unbelievable. I, I, I think I'm, I think we've talked about this before and we sent it back and forth because they're just ridiculous. The names that pop up there, Nas and like obviously Stapp, Cornell and Dude, the fact that like crap. the fact that like Scott Stapp, Nas and uh Yo Yo Ma is on there too. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs> like like was the, was is Santana one of those guys like if Santana asks you to be on the song, you say yes. Yeah, you have to, <laughs> he's one of the greatest guitar players of all time. I think you have to. Like, like you see, was was he that guy? That's just like, yeah, dude. Everybody I, loved him. I, I don't think, think he, no one, no one disliked him. I think he was that guy. 
I totally wow. think he was that guy. Um, and, You're and probably, Santana, there's probably people, probably people listening out there that are just, you know, love. upset that we even are, you know, confused at the fact that, right. uh, you know, that yeah. he should have his due, you know, maybe we don't yeah. know enough about him. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, we can go back and watch Carlos Santana and Santana's set from Woodstock 94. Um, I think I'm going to have to do that. Uh, but before I do that, I'm definitely going to go spin that Guitar Greats album. Oh, listen, yeah. Listen to some covers. Oh, yeah. Um, but you know even, the best part about... Yeah. What is... Um, so, you know, the, the, the best part about all the whole lineup? What's no that? Guns and Roses. <laughs> no Guns and Roses. Thank the they Lord so, that they turned it down. To, yeah, they turned it down because of internal problems. Slash was there. I think he was there on Sunday. He showed up for something. He's always there. Why does he um, need the hat? He doesn't. He's. <laughs> I don't know. It's a, it's a safety blanket. Yeah. I um, guess. Yeah. So uh, no Guns N' Roses. I said no. Allison Chains. Uh, there was talks about you know pursuing Nirvana, but they pulled Obviously. out of Lollapalooza and and and. and it, Kurt was just, no longer yeah. alive by August of '94. Obviously, as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, and then um, there was no talk about Pearl Jam, right? And then we talked about no, this before, I, and there's I, I nothing. Didn't, I didn't discover anything. Did that, that surprise? That... Does that surprise you? That yeah, there was no like. But I also, mean, 1994, that was a pretty tenuous time for Pearl Jam coming off the heels of Vitalogy. Dave was leaving the band, and a lot of the, the, Jeff and, 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 and Ed, there was, just, there was just a lot going on there. So I don't, I don't know that that would have gone down. Mm-hmm. I just, I mean, you know, if or, I mean, how about sound, you know, Soundgarden, do you think they were asked? Right. I don't know. It's interesting. Kind of interesting. Yeah. I mean, Primus got the nod before any of those bands, I guess. So it is interesting. But uh, I think. From day three, the the one standout for me obviously has to be Green Day. Um, I think this set oh, yeah. did so much for them. Uh, I think it had a, uh, a notable impact on the success of their their newest album, which at the time was Dookie, um, one of the greats, one of the greats of the era. My favorite Green Day album, uh, yeah. that one, and in, in, in the first album that they did uh, um, back in like 1991 or something. But yeah, dude, this this set is uh, is pretty great. Um, and it's, it's just green day, you know, it, it, it's, it's who, who I picture them to be, especially at the time, which is crazy. Other, other than the, um, the high school video of them playing that right. we, we posted a bunch of this, like this set of, of them throwing mud and laying on the ground. And it's one of the best, it was one of the best things to post and, and to show cause it's so, it's so unique. I mean, it's such a, it's oh, one yeah. of those concert, you know, concert videos and moments you just like, can't believe happened. And you're just like. Of course, it was Green Day. Of course, it was, you know, Durant got absolutely, you know, got, got slammed to the ground. Yeah. He got bodied and had, you, you know, had to have some, some dental work done. And, like, it's one of those crazy, like, stories that, yeah. And it's like, of course, of course, it was Green Day. It's, I don't know, it just goes with the lore of these bands and stuff, you know? Yeah. Exactly. Um, I also, I would be remiss if I did not mention that Bob Dylan also performed on that third day, um, who notably was not in attendance uh, at in 1969. So glad that he was able to make it there. Obviously a, a festival giant in his own right, uh, you know, pissing everybody mm-hmm. off at the uh, local to me, Newport Folk Festival, uh, which just went, happened this past weekend. And I always forget to make arrangements to go. I missed I missed a pretty good uh, pretty good festival this past weekend. I'm kind of kind of upset about it. And I would be rem- and I would be remiss if we didn't mention that the Spin Doctors awesome <laughs> 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 on, day, on day three. Thank God. 
Uh, you imagine, you imagine you've, been, you've been you've been living out in the mud for three days like the supply lines are running thin like you're running out of water like you definitely have some sort of infection in both of your eyes and somebody turns oh, yeah. to you like hey man who are you here to see <laughs> uh, i'm here to see the spin doctors <laughs> there was three hundred fifty thousand people there was somebody out there who was there to see the spin doctors 100 percent 100 percent. especially like it. these guys i mean these guys are going to be big i'm not sure um, when they were, I don't know when they hit their height. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a, I'm not an MD of the spin doctors for sure. So. You gotta love them. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, man, Woodstock '94. Um, it's just it's mud and a whole lot of good music. Um, yeah. So would what you, I want to know: gone, Would you have gone to it? Well, here's a better question. Um, if the 50th anniversary happened, were you planning on going to that? I remember when they announced it, you and I were talking about it. Our buddy Backton was, was I, th- I think he was putting it on. That's right. <laughs> I, think he was, <laughs> I think he was like a part of it because, I mean, he yeah, really, really wanted it to yeah. happen, obviously. Yeah. It's so crazy. Would you have gone to that? Uh, yeah, I, I, I would have the chili peppers. And- I would have looked into it. Yeah, dude. Like, I, it's nothing that, like, I wouldn't, um, I feel like going to one of these things, I couldn't just be like, yeah, I'm going to go. Like I would need like a, a contingent of people to go. So like, I would have been tagging you in to go. So like, if yeah. you're in, you know, we, we all have to come to an agreement. Um, one thing that's it's hard really, when there's, yeah, I was, I was gonna say for the, for the 50th, it's hard when there's like, okay. And my, my, my question was going to be so, so this was like the way this one went, like it should have been a foreshadowing for how 99 went. Yes. Right. I mean, this was an absolute mess. It was money. It was like, whatever. And, you know, I can't believe that they ran it back five years later and they did. I mean, I can well, believe it. Well, that one was it, even more like, poorly planned. But when there's money to be made, people will do anything. Right. So then you, I think, like the 50th anniversary. I mean, I guess I remember if I remember correctly, there was not a lot of interest, which is surprising. And I feel like if they would have, you know, you kind of just got to go, go through with it. And then you'd imagine that it would kind of. You know, history repeats itself. So, you know, Woodstock is going to Woodstock, going to Woodstock, you know, planning and logistics hampered, you know, pretty much all of these festivals, including the 50th one. I remember there was an issue with funding and there was issue with like permitting and like the site that they wanted wasn't up to par and like wasn't going to get approved to have that many people. And like there were some last ditch plans, if I remember correctly, to move it to like RFK Stadium or something and like have like a smaller thing. But then like by that point, all of the talent had pulled out. So it's like, what do you have even? Um, I have to say, though, if something like this were to happen now, like in particular, like a mudstock, 350,000 people, Ethan, could you imagine how many phones would get lost in that mud? Oh, my God. It's true. I don't think people. I don't think people would act like that now. I don't think they would go into the mud because their phones. I think that's that's how different things are. People like uh, people would think twice about hopping in because they're going to ruin their phone. Yeah, they would. I'd be a little. I don't want to ruin. Phones are expensive. It's crazy to think that they none of those people have phones in their pockets. Yeah, it's so funny too because like we get comments all the time. Like like we post. Obviously, we're fucking grunge Bible. We post a lot of videos from the early 90s. And like every time it never fails, a big crowd, people, somebody will always comment on ironically. No Look at that. No phones. And like, dude, if they had phones, then every one of those fuckers would have had them out. They all would have had them out. They just didn't. Look at have that. Them. No phones, guys. Yeah. Like it doesn't make just you morally superior to the to, to my generation, which grew up with phones. Um, you just didn't have them. If you had them, you'd be fucking using them, too. Like, I hate when I hate, I hate those comments so much. <laughs> I hate it. So funny, dude. Yeah, man. 
so yeah would i uh would i wanted to, like that stuff is definitely really intrigues me i mean i love music i love the idea of a couple of days but if i had um, a group to go i would totally if i had a group yeah if i had a group to go i do think i would really enjoy it but we, we um, would like be able i said to when the 50 yeah oh yeah it would be it would have been a lot of fun but then you think like i said the 50th like you're not up and go it's like oh, i gotta travel and yeah. you, you make whatever excuses but i think we'd find a way yeah i'll just have and to if wait. they have one we'll, <laughs> yeah we'll i was gonna say we'll, we'll have to wait <laughs> have to wait for woodstock 100 i'll be 70 i'll be like 70 75 and you'll be 77 jeez that'll be something we'll be there woodstock 100 oh man well but I yeah think- I, I like i said i was i was surprised um it was not surprised but it's just one of those things where um yeah like each each time it just kind of got worse and got yeah. more explosive and whatnot and they still mm-hmm. kind of went through with it and I want to say you can't predict that, but at the same time, like, yeah, you can. So you may, can. maybe it's a good thing it didn't happen in 19. Yeah. It's very much like shocked Pikachu emoji or meme. It's like, can you believe that this thing didn't go well? Oh my God, I can't. Yeah. Um, but I'm glad, I'm glad we can look back on them. And there's certainly some killer music that was put on and, and killer music that was made. Uh, you know, those three days in August of 1994. Um, so I believe that will just about do it. Our closing thoughts, the verdict is in. We we would have gone to this and we would go uh, if it happened again. Uh, but if you're still listening uh, to us at this point, we thank you. Uh, we hope you find us marginally entertaining. Uh, we uh, encourage you to support us in a way that uh, that fits your, your lifestyle and, and your thoughts about us. Um, listen to us, leave a review, share us with a friend, uh, buy some merchandise, uh, or join the Patreon. Uh, all of those things you can do through your streaming service platform, either through the platform itself or just by looking at the show notes. Um, as always, we love any and all feedback that we get. We've gotten some cool emails and messages as it relates to the show. So keep those coming. Um, also would like to thank our producer, Drew McFadden for all of his work. Um, you know, he's making this thing happen and, uh, you know, our, his life is made a little more difficult with the quality of these audio files that we're sending while Ethan's in Lithuania. Uh, the snowball is back. We don't have, we don't have the fancy microphone overseas, but it's trusty. It got us through like 117 episodes. So old faithful rides again, but, uh, Ethan, I, I say before we push our luck with this, uh, Lithuanian wireless internet, public access internet, um, what do you say we get some songs of the week and get the hell out of here? I'm in, right. and it's it's only it's only fitting that if we're gonna do a mudstock episode, that I'm gonna go with Paper Lanterns by Green Day, just the song go. that started it all, dude, and um, yep. it's just worth a play. And honestly, dude, Green Day. Every time I come, I really like Green Day. Drew, our producer, is a huge Green Day. We saw him live. He's a huge Green Day guy. He got me into it. I, I'm assuming. So uh, I like coming back to them and here and listening to Duke. You're listening to some of the old stuff, and then also like Uno Dos Uno Dos Trace, like three albums mm-hmm. that they released together or back to back. I mean, they're they're cool. They're they're a good. Yeah, band. Green Day's cool. Well, in the same Green way, cool shit. Same way, a couple of weeks ago, we were talking, and like when Petey was saying that Plans was like the biggest thing amongst his friends when it came out, that was American Idiot for me. Um, all of yeah. my friends, we were all obsessed with that when that came out. Uh, we were in like fourth grade or something. I remember the thing was huge. Yeah. Um, yeah. Green Day, Green Day gets a seal of approval for me. I have a CD copy of Dookie, actually. I might put it in the car today. I can't, dude. 
Yeah, I'm going with that. How about you, Chris? Uh, I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go with my infatuation of the day. I'm going to the Rollins band. I'm, I'm gonna choose the song that I mentioned. Uh, so threefold here. I mentioned in the podcast. I posted it right before we started to record, and it will be my song of the week. It is called "Right Here Too Much" um, by the Rollins band, and as far as I can tell, it was released on their album called "Waiting." Uh, and it's it's W E I G H T I N G like waiting as in wait and the cool right. the album artwork is, like a, is a is a nice little plate like one of those old Hell York yeah. forty five pound plates the rusty boy oh yeah so that's gonna be my song of the week so we've got two uh, two from a uh, couple of the bands that performed at Woodstock ninety four so um, that's some good suggestions for you all to listen to awesome well that does it for episode one twenty four. I believe we're gonna have one more next next episode, um, one more European uh, recording to happen. I think we'll just have to Unless change we do some something cigarettes different. for it. Oh yeah, dude, cigarettes. I mean, that might be the, that might be the topic. There's dude, lots cigs, to talk about with cigarettes. Yeah we're, yeah, we're storyboarding an idea for a cigarette centric uh, episode. So we'll see we're if we can make that happen. Enti- we're gonna smoke the entire episode. <laughs> yeah, we're just gonna rate cigarettes. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Chris, we did it. We didn't Ethan, have any I don't know how we just did that. The Wi-Fi was pristine that whole time. Yes, Holy dude. We shit. clicked play, and it was like we we just pitched the perfect game. You know, that was yeah. like I think I just I um I can't remember the man's name. You probably remember who was totally drunk and hung over for the baseball game and pitched David like the Wells 15th. pitching a no hitter. Pitched <laughs> <laughs> the fifteenth no hitter of all time. That was us. Yeah, because like, dude, like for everyone listening, like that's how we are, dude. We went for, out party. We we're drunk right now. Exactly. <laughs> you know I mean? So for for the twenty minutes previous to pressing play. I could not see or hear Ethan on the Zoom call, but uh, we we were FaceTiming. Yeah, we were face. Nothing worked, but we we disen we disengaged, we reengaged, and we just pitched the perfect game. So I hope you enjoyed the episode, uh, Ethan. Uh, it's about time for you to get to bed over there in Lithuania. Uh, I got to go to the gym. Probably listen to some Henry Rollins while I'm there. I hope you all are having a great day, and I can't wait to talk to you this time next week. So have a great week. Rock and roll. Stay to- heavy. I need to attack in war too, Chris. Dude, you got it. Yeah, the, the Clash of Clans <laughs> war. The Clan like, War League is upon us. Yeah, There's I'm a lot pissed. going on. I only, so. I only got one star. It was tough. I I, I attacked oh. the town hall down too. But these guys are oh, these no. guys are machines, Ethan. It's bad. But that's all we can do is do our best. So in the meantime, we'll be doing our best until we're right back here with you next week for the next episode of the Grunge Bible Podcast. Thank you, everybody. Stay safe, rock and roll. And again, we'll be here next week. So hang in there. Rock and roll. Rock and roll.